0: Welcome to F1 Reviews, a podcast where we rate and review each race in the F1 calendar. I am Doug Austin, along with my partner, Chris Costas. Welcome back, everybody, to F1 reviews. Uh, this episode is going up a little bit late because we had a uh, I had a little family vacation that I was on, and uh, we just couldn't get together to uh, record directly after the race on Sunday. So we're actually recording on Monday, um, and then this will post up on Tuesday. I mean, it's already you know already posted by the time you all hear this anyway. So, uh, but yeah, so we had the 70th anniversary Grand Prix this weekend. How's it going, Chris? It's going good.
1: Um... What did you, you think of the race, Doug?
0: Uh, it was, it was, it was pretty interesting. Um, we'll, 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 we'll get into the qualifying order here, uh, um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll discuss, we'll discuss uh, everything that happened to the race. All right. All right. So, in, in, in tradition, we will start from the back of the grid. And at the very back of the grid, we had the Alfa Romeos. Um, Raikkonen in 20th and uh, Antonio Giovinazzi in 19th place. So basically par for the course for them.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a rough year for Alfa so far. But, uh, I mean, going off of just their times uh, for qualifying, they're right on, You know, right with each other. So I don't really think you could say either driver is... You know, underperforming or overperforming, it's just the car is just not there. Um, right, right. So uh,
0: now the now the nice thing is though, it's it seems like they're not super far. They're not like off the pace like Williams was last year. Uh, um, which you know, speaking of Williams, there, you know, Latifi is up in 18th place, and he was three thousandths of a second ahead of Giovinazzi. So it's they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're they're not far behind.
1: True, but if you want to you know continue to talk uh, with Williams um you know Russell's been pretty regularly out qualifying uh Latifi so you know I think you put a, a really talented driver in that car and the the gap between Williams and Alpha definitely tends to show
0: right yeah that's that's very true um like it's just looking at the Q1 times uh, yeah, Latifi is uh, three quarters of a second faster. I mean, Russell is three quarters of a second faster than Latifi. So,
1: yeah, which so, same car <laughs> uh, that should say right. something. Um, another yeah. one of our unfortunate backmarkers this year. Um, you know, Haas, uh, Magnuson, just not really getting the most out of the car for qualifying. Um, ended up seventeenth. And uh, and actually, I was kind of surprised to see uh, Kivyak got knocked out of uh, Q one, um, and uh, qualified sixteenth.
0: Right, right. Yeah, that, that that was kind of weird, considering um, how far up gas how far up Gasly went. Gasly made it all the way to to Q three.
1: Yeah. So so again, you want to start talking uh, performance of the drivers and the cars, um, but you know who knows? Maybe uh, Kvyat's just a little more cautious going into uh, Maggots this week. Yeah, that. considering
0: what happened to him last week, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I can I can see him being a little gun shy there. I never heard any
1: kind of resolution whether he, you know, w- was still blaming blaming himself or if it was a car failure or you know what actually happened there.
0: You um, know, so I, I did actually see on uh, Reddit earlier this week there was kind of like a frame by frame of that rear camera, and you can see that rear tire, um, that that um, that back right tire uh, go down moments okay. before he got sent off so it was definitely a tire failure okay. um whether he what, what i couldn't tell is whether or not he went off um like he hit the curb and it caused that or just you know going too long on that tire uh, um caused that that crash
1: and i mean there, there's bound to be tire failures uh you know just from manufacturing issues from time to time so you right. know I, I i'm not sure why kiviat thought it was his problem in the first place but you know, again, that that, that happens sometimes uh, with the best of us where, you know, we take responsibility for issues that are sometimes out of our control, um, yeah. just as a matter and, of course. And but. I
0: can see him not knowing that it was even his fault, or knowing that it was uh, um, a tire failure, rather, because it happened so quickly. Like, you don't even actually, on the broadcast, you didn't actually see it. It looked like the back end just stepped out at him. So it took actually seeing, like, a frame-by-frame, at least for me, a, a frame-by-frame shot of it to see that the tire actually went down causing that and you know you know maggots yeah. and becketts are are high speed corners like your base you you don't even break going into them you kind of lift off a little bit going into uh, uh maggots and it's just you know it's it's just it's high speed so
1: right and you know con- considering uh it you know say he was taking it a little easier um yeah he, i mean he was about seven tenths down on gasly um yeah which yeah if you're not completely confident in the car and you're just kind of Get it back up to speed, so to speak. um, That would make, I think, that would make a lot of sense. Right, right. So getting into uh, the uh, the bottom of the qualifying for Q two, George Russell made it into uh, Q two. I gotta say, I I'm so glad that Williams is regularly like a contender for Q two. Yeah. You know, even if it's just Russell pulling all the slack there, um, it's just cool to see Williams. You know, not being the meme they were the last couple years,
0: right? Right. Yeah, especially last year, and and I do feel like Latifi's starting to improve too because he's getting closer and closer to Russell's time. So, so that that ho- hopefully they're gonna they're gonna get that one two punch. Uh, Latifi's gonna start catching up because this I mean it is still his first year. Uh Russell's had a year in Williams already, so he's um kind of got a little bit more experience under the belt
1: and and latifi's had uh, some opportunities to shine too um i Mm -hmm. i forget which race it was i think it was the uh steering grand prix where he had made it all the way up to uh to 10th earlier in the race Um, yeah you know even just being up there whether it's a weird strategy call or not um it's cool to see a williams running that high up and especially a rookie no less so good on them um of course, my, my favorite meme driver, Roman Grosjean, uh, putting the Haas in 14th, out um, qualifying yeah. Magnussen. So, you know, good good on Grosjean. He's definitely uh, bringing it together. And because uh, I, I really want to see Haas succeed, being uh, mm-hmm. the American team, and, you know, that we're American, and we kind of have to root for them by default. So, right. you know, I want to see them, you know, make it into and, Q- and
0: especially since since Haas started in in F1 so strong they set right. themselves a pretty high bar when they first came in and then the last couple of years they just fell way off.
1: Yeah, and yeah, this year especially it's just been really rough for them. Um yeah, I feel
0: like this year's probably not as much their fault as as uh, last year was because you know they're running the Fer- they're they're running the Ferrari power unit and the Ferrari power unit is down on power.
1: Yeah, um, which uh, and actually we we'll have to dive into this a little more later, but um, they're also running uh, Ferrari brake ducts or at least brake ducts that look very similar to Ferrari. Um, yeah, yeah. Re- Renault's protest of the racing point cars uh, came back and it turned out it was upheld. Um, and basically yeah. what that comes down to is that, you know, the court looked at it and they agreed with it. And mm-hmm. uh, they're willing to uh, to dock each car uh, that ran those brake ducts 200,000 euros uh, and seven and a half points, which yeah I was going to say sounded pretty arbitrary and is a pretty stiff fine um, for, uh, you know, for... You, you look at the whole car, and it looks pretty obviously like a copy of the Mercedes, and the only thing that they were able to prove was actually a copy was the rear brake docks, which,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I I would suggest to appeal that um, for a, a lighter sentence, if any. Um, but there's other teams that are pushing to appeal for a much harsher sentence. Right. Which... <laughs>
0: Um, that, that, and that's what's really interesting, and, and yeah, and, and Lawrence Stroll had some pretty uh, fiery, fiery comments about that too.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure in his world of uh, business, there's a lot of, uh, you know, litigation in general, and it, it'll be interesting to see how this all pans out. Um, right. Granted, this isn't the way you know we like to see racing commence, but it, it's a story on a storyline nonetheless, and it'll be interesting to follow. Right. Um, so, next on the grid, we had uh, Carlos Sainz, which, uh, considering how well, perfor- uh, how well performing uh, McLaren's been doing recently, um, and Carlos Sainz especially, uh, it was kind of unfortunate to see him towards the back of the grid here, um, al- yeah. along with uh, Sebastian Vettel, who, you know, we-, we know the Ferrari's been having problems. We know Vettel is uh, very much not in a good place uh, mentally, I would think. Um, But still, to see, you know, four-time world champion driving a Ferrari, uh, twelfth on the grid is a pretty sorry sight to see.
0: And only, and he's only been out of Q two. He's only he's only made it to Q three once so far this season. Oh wow! Is that is that? Yeah, that was, and I think that was last week. Oh wow!
1: Yeah, I mean, I I guess there's not as much incentive for Vettel to, uh, you know, to really push that much harder um but at the same time it's you'd think that he um i don't know there's got to be a certain amount of joy in just being able to drive a formula one car especially a ferrari whether it's good or not and if it's your last season just go out there and just you know do do the best you can i would think you know results be damned just go out there and enjoy yeah. it if you can um but it just seems like you know it's just not coming together for vettel this year which is unfortunate
0: yeah, it, it, the, the Delta in, in Q2, just looking between him and Leclerc, is 7 tenths, so, um, you know, it's kind of like, I, th- I think we mentioned last week, too, that, um, it, it seems like the car is a lot more set up for Leclerc's driving style than Vettel's, Yeah, because um, it's, 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 a, it's a pretty regular occurrence that Leclerc is pretty far ahead of Vettel.
1: True. Um, and in this case, you know, Le- Leclerc ended up not that much farther ahead of Vettel, um, Himself only eighth, but uh, again, you know the Ferrari's been struggling a little bit this year, so I guess it's not too surprising. Yeah. Um. Then uh, next we have uh, Esteban Ocon in the Renault, uh, running eleventh.
0: Something interesting I, th- I saw about Renault, and, and you know when we get to uh, Ricardo's starting uh, position a little, little bit, you'll 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 see what we what we mean by this. But um, I think it one of the commentators either said it on the broadcast or tweeted it after qualifying um, that um, sectors one and um, three it was either one and three or one and two the Renault's had the same sector times as the Mercedes. It was only... It, but they were losing a second through Maggots and becketts. Oh, wow. That was the only place that they were losing time to the Mercedes, which, was in, which I thought was really interesting.
1: I mean, Silverstone in general is a very high-speed circuit. Um, there's, you know, part of the reason that we saw so many tire failures uh, last week was, uh, especially on the left front, was there's at least two spots in that track where you're pretty much flat out it's a flat out uh right hander that if you know if you pick your line through there just right you can hold it um and yeah. uh it puts a lot a lot of load on those outside tires um so you know th- there's got to be something with uh, the Renault that maybe aerodynamically it it just doesn't change direction quite the way the mercedes can um yeah but they're
0: yeah, maybe they have to they have to lift off a little bit. Like you know, you know for example, you know we have been talking about maggots and Beckets a lot, but uh, uh, they, they have to lift off a little bit more going into that first turn um, of that little complex there. They have to lift off a little bit more than 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 the Mercedes does.
1: I think that they got their their aerodynamic package um, a little gear more geared towards top speed because there are some very long straights on uh, Silverstone. So I think that that's yeah. how they were able to kind of keep up. But um, mm-hmm. especially in uh, you know the Maggots and Beckett section, where it, it's still very high speed, but you're constantly changing direction and trying to slow the car down. Um, right. I think that they're the you know the the aerodynamics of the car didn't provide quite enough grip as they're going through that section. But yeah. again, the, you know, this, this is my own personal speculation. If anyone out there has a uh, a better reason why that wouldn't be the case I'd, I'd be very curious to hear that
0: right of course of course yeah yeah and the, and the more speed you can carry through there the faster you can go down the um the hanger straight which has a drs on top of all of that too
1: yeah it, it, it's all a balancing act you know how, how do you uh pull enough downforce off the car to be quick down the straights but have enough to keep the car planted and uh and feel confident when you're going through some of those really high speed corners
0: exactly yeah
1: so coming to q3 um at, at in 10th um i was a little disappointed to see uh, uh lando norris in 10th place on the grid um of course mm-hmm. you know great to see him in q3 uh, but you know that he was kind of you know at the back in uh, 10th um you know, he he wasn't too far off of Albon, uh, who ended up ninth. Um, but you know, that's uh, I think both of those drivers have the equipment to uh, to really push, um, and, and you yeah. know, end up towards the top of the uh, of the timesheets. Um, I I definitely say Norris is um, possibly the stronger driver. I know it's really close between Norris and Sainz, and I might just be a, a fan of Norris to think that, but um, but, <laughs> right. but Albin for sure is, uh, you know, Red Bull has put all their eggs in the Verstappen basket. So, you know, right. Re- Re- Al- Albin's going to struggle with the car a little bit more, I think. Um, but, uh, but still, you know, n- ninth place, you'd like to see him uh, a little closer to the top six there.
0: Yeah, and it seems like Al- most of Albon's struggles are in qualifying because um, he's definitely finishing, with the exception of, the fir- of uh, getting punted off in the first race yeah. uh, uh, by uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton. He's been finishing his races a lot stronger than um, than he's been qualifying.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he might even have a bit of the uh, kind of the Vettel luck, where you know maybe maybe the first couple laps or the first part of the race it doesn't always go his way but he's able to just yeah. fight back through the field and you know use that red bull to uh to get him back up into a points paying position so
0: yeah
1: um yeah he's always a blast to watch we've got plenty more to talk about with him uh when we get to the the race aspect for sure um again we said uh, leclerc was uh in eighth place N- mm-hmm. not really where you expect to see uh the the ferrari with their leading driver uh, back in eighth, but uh, you know so so goes the struggle with uh, Ferrari this year. Um, right yeah, uh, again i, I I'm, I'm sure I sound like I'm uh, you know just beating a dead horse on this, but I, I think it's interesting <laughs> how much information has come out in the last three weeks regarding uh, Renault uh, going after racing point for you know brake ducks, just just the brake ducks um mm-hmm. whereas ferrari had their entire saga play out over the winter r- relating to their engine and whereas everyone knew in a matter of weeks exactly what the uh the ramifications are you know or that uh renault had brought against uh racing point we we don't know anything about what uh some of the accusations that ferrari had dealt with regarding their engine, um, or what the resolution of that was. There was no yeah. opportunity, you know, it was, it was, uh, open and shut and no one got to see what was, uh, on the books there. So,
0: yeah. And, and a lot of that I think too is, is the, it, you know, the issue with what the Ferrari, you know, what Ferrari was, was doing illegally, um, was a, probably a lot harder to prove cause it was inside the engine. And quite frankly, it seemed like it was basically had had to do with fuel flow and the fact that they were able to adjust that rate of flow in between two different sensors, and 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 uh, have some kind of advantage, you know, that they derived from that. But because, you know, they were never caught uh, officially caught doing it. You know, it's 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 kind of hard. And, and and again, if you were to take it to a court of law and try to prove it, there'd be no way that they could they could have actually proven it. True,
1: yeah. It, it's it, it. My only issue is that it it calls into question the uh, the whole transparency um, of the rules. Because if you do have a set of rules that you want all the teams to abide by, it makes sense that yeah. when there is uh, perceived infraction that it's brought to light to where all the teams can understand what that infraction was. Um yeah. and I think that uh you know kind of the difference between you know and a imi- meet you know after only 3 weeks of investigation and a fairly heavy fine uh handed out to uh, racing points uh, along with points mm-hmm. deductions and Ferrari is just kind of you know told hey eh, we know yeah. you did something but don't do it again. <laughs>
0: So. Right, right. Well, because yeah, the FIA probably knew that they would lose the appeal because they didn't have the... Because the, I think an appeal goes to an actual court, if I believe, if, if, I, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, well,
1: we'll, well, we'll see what ends up coming of that because I know there's a lot of interested parties and it's not over by any means.
0: Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, and even in the Ferrari thing, too, I think there's still even some litigation involved with that because all the other teams have been, you know, protesting that result too. Right.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see what ends up happening with that. <laughs> right. Um, back to qualifying though. Uh, the, uh, the next three drivers are again, you know, I, I'd say a kind of a breath of fresh air to see them getting into Q3 and looking very competitive. Um, Gasly, uh, Taking the Alfatari to seventh place on the grid. Uh, Stroll in the tracing point, sixth. <laughs> and uh, Danny Rick, Danny Ricardo. Um, it's uh, you know, he's a very well-liked driver, and it was it was pretty harsh seeing him at Red Bull, being really frustrated, and then going to Renault, and even at his first race, you know, his home race, the Australian Grand Prix at Renault last year, where he was basically out before he even. Got past the the start finish line. Um, right. It was that was uh, kind of and it didn't get much better after that really. Um, so seeing him back up in uh, single digit positions is uh, it's yeah. nice to see.
0: Yeah, and not only that, but directly behind his old Red Bull teammate Max Verstappen.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I think Verstappen put down you know a very respectable time. Um, you know The one twenty six yeah. uh, one. Which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for, for the Red Bull, uh, being what it is, to get fourth place with that is pretty reasonable. Um, right. I think the biggest talking point of, of all of qualifying is to see Nico Hulkenberg, in his second race this year, putting the car in third on the grid.
0: That was amazing, yeah.
1: A, a car that is, as I understand it, not even set up for him. It's set up for Sergio Perez, and I I believe Sergio is actually a much shorter guy than uh, Hulkenberg is, so just to fit in the car and be able to drive that thing to third place on the grid is, you know, just mind-blowing, I think. Um,
0: Well, the funny thing, something that I read last week, too, is that... um, Hulkenberg coming in to take over him for him was such a last minute call that he actually for uh, um, the uh, first two free practice sessions he had to actually try to fit into Sergio Perez's uh, race. Oh really?
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah, and and again to be, you know, a tenth quicker, you know, not not within a tenth, but a tenth quicker than uh, you know Max Verstappen in the Red Bull um, on your second race after being called back, um, unexpectedly is pretty amazing that he was able to do that. So, you know, I, I, think all eyes were on Hulkenberg, uh, for the start of the race, just cause that was an amazing, you know, to put that car in third blaze. So, um, but then of course, just coming in to just dominate the field, to just stomp everyone's hopes and dreams down, uh, the pair of Mercedes that just trounced the field by almost a full second again. Um, but this time, it was Botas who ended up on pole instead of Hamilton.
0: And I mean, considering how closely matched the, or yeah, how closely matched they are, uh, um, it was you know, Botas got a considerably better time than Hamilton did at his at his home track.
1: Um, I mean I'd say considerably by half a tenth um you know b- both those guys are very competitive and in a very quick car so you know yeah, yeah. i i think that they're both doing their best to get the most out of it but um i think this may have actually come down to hamilton maybe just being a little bit um not able to find that extra little bit to you know to just dominate everything so right but either way um an- uh, another excellent result for uh, mercedes Mhm, And uh, so let's go to uh, the start of the race, um, which actually, uh, one thing I just want to point out before they actually started the race, I don't think I've seen them do this before, where uh, they had a graphic of the track as it looked in, I believe, the 50s, uh, where the first Grand Prix were held. Yeah. And they showed it over the years in the different configurations and how it eventually kind of evolved to the track that we know today, um, which for me was a big help in my understanding of uh, you know how that track's laid out. So I saw that. I liked it. I thought it was cool.
0: You know, what's funny is uh, before the season started, I checked. I was checking out some of uh, uh, you know, and before you know, you know, COVID uh, um, kind of shut down the season. But when I first subscribed to the um, you know the F one uh, you know for the live timing and stuff like that, you can go into the F one TV app and watch classic races. And I pulled up uh, you know like a, like some random uh Silverstone race from the early 80s and I what I didn't actually realize is that they were still using it as an airport for uh, a, a a while at, like in, into the, the into probably I think the mid 80s that the the airstrip was still active
1: interesting um and now that I think about it there's actually a whole bunch of race tracks that have also been used as double duty for uh for landing airplanes on uh um, right right champ car or cart or indy car whatever you want to call it they used to run <laughs> at the burke Lakefront airport in cleveland um yeah i know i've i forget what it was but i do remember seeing a story of a uh, a plane that had to make an emergency landing that interrupted a formula ford race they actually <laughs> like they they red flagged the race because a plane had to make an emergency landing it was out of fuel or something um and then uh for anyone who's familiar with the story of, uh, I, I don't know if it was Randy Lanier or the Whittington brothers or, but it was, you know, back in the eighties when drugs were, uh, a lot more, a lot more, uh, profitable to bring into the United States. And I think it was actually the Whittington brothers who owned road Atlanta at the time and would fly drugs in, in, in the middle of the night and land on the back straight oh, of, of road Atlanta. Yeah. So, um, I'm, you know, the, th- I'm sure that there's a lot more situations that I'm uh, forgetting about, but it is kind of amazing to think like, you know, the, uh, the similarities between race cars and airplanes and not only are they engineered in a similar way, but they run in the same, uh, kind of, uh, facilities, let's say.
0: Right. Right.
1: Um, but yeah, so getting back to, uh, so the actual race, um, You know, it was a good start. Botas immediately just takes off to the lead. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I I was kind of glad to see that, just that Botas would have a good chance that, you know, maybe it would be his week to win, um, you know, with Hamilton following him up. Verstappen also makes a killer start you know storms uh straight up to third place um it was it it was a little bit of a bummer to see hulkenberg fall back right away um yeah but uh i I think the the real bummer at the start of the race was turn one uh verstappen or excuse me vettel gets uh gets two wheels over the inside of the curb at turn one and it looked like the car just got lifted off the ground and pirouetted
0: right there turn one uh i don't remember the curbs at silverstone ever being that hot like high enough to do that either
1: you know it, it's possible that they're running uh, a configuration in the car where the uh you know the scuff plate is lower or bar i forget what it's called but um you know it, it doesn't take too much to get underneath those cars um to lift them up but, you know if you're talking just a matter of a couple inches um and at the same you know, at the same time, when you change the, uh, the, the 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 height of the bottom of the car from the road, that affects the downforce immensely. Right. So just that interruption and knowing how prone the Ferrari has been over the past couple of years to uh, to spinning if you're running it over the curbs like that, ask Charles Leclerc. That's not the way to to do it. So, uh, yeah. But, I mean, fortunately, it didn't. It doesn't look like he he didn't damage anything. He didn't hit anyone else. He did almost torpedo the torpedo, which I thought was kind
0: of <laughs> yeah. That iron. would have been the irony of ironies right there.
1: But uh, yeah, I mean, fortunately, everyone else got away uh, without incident. Vettel got himself going again, but. You know, uh, that's just the worst way to start a race. Is you know, turn one, putting yourself at the back of the pack, and you got to just you know see how many positions he he caught back back. up pretty
0: quickly. He didn't have, like you said, he didn't damage anything. He didn't damage his tires. More importantly, considering how much of a story uh, uh, tires were um, coming into this race.
1: Yeah, obviously, uh, with the finish last week, um, with. Both the Mercedes and a couple other cars just having outright tire failures. um, Yeah. Towards, you know, in the closing laps of the race. That was pretty wild to see. Um, So, and especially this week, they, you know, the plan was to move to an even softer compound of tire. um, Yeah. Which I guess would be. Beneficial because it's less likely to have a catastrophic failure, like uh, the other mm-hmm. tires did. Um, but still, with the softer tires, you're you know you, you see uh, and this is what we ended up seeing was just blistering after you know five laps into the race. Car you know drivers are complaining that their tires are going away already.
0: At ten percent, they put Verstappen on a really interesting strategy. So, for those that are not familiar, the way that the tire allocate or the tires uh, selection is done for the start of the race, um, any team that makes it into Q three has to start on the same tire that they set their Q their fastest Q two time on. So what, what a lot of teams will do, depending on the track, they'll either set their, you know, if it's a shorter track or if the compounds that are selected for that week are a little bit harder, you know, they'll set their Q2 times on, a, on the softest tire. Um, but in some cases, they'll set their Q2 times on the medium tire. And Verstappen set his Q2 time on the hard tire. So he was able to start the race on the hard tire and that put him in a real strategic advantage.
1: Yeah, um, I, I don't know how they were able to look ahead that much and realize how much of a, how much of a benefit that would be, because um, it it seemed like the mediums were going away almost instantaneously. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I, I only think like one or two drivers even used one set of softs during the race, just because they yeah know. Yeah, they no, nobody did. Um, well, the interest, well uh, I think Hulkenberg, I think there there might have been a couple of right softs at, at the, the very end. end um, Actually, it was kind of funny with with Hulkenberg throughout the race because he he really didn't make that many waves throughout the race and just yeah. kind of generally. Um, I, I was watching uh, w- one of my 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 favorite YouTube uh, channels is WTF One and they do the uh, the best memes of uh, yeah. of the race and one that I was hoping that they that someone would do was that Homer Simpson backing into the hedges you know into the leaves (laughs) like hulkenberg's race performance you know he starts up front and then he just kind of went away yeah so it 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 was unfortunate but i mean um he he still finished within the points i believe Um, right right which uh (laughs) you know that that was better than a lot of his time at uh, reno so
0: good for him right right um, yeah, and, and you know, on on the subject of the tires too, something that I noticed that was happening in qualifying, um, I think even in Q three, some of the cars came out on media or on, yeah on the medium tires in Q three, because the soft tires were going away so quickly that they were actually losing enough grip by the end of the lap oh, wow. that they were actually getting slower times than the medium tire. Wow.
1: Yeah, and the I mean, all through the race, they were showing these close up pictures or slow motion of the tires and they're there's just like chunks taken out of them and it was amazing to see I, i can't remember the last time i've seen tire wear like that um
0: yeah, they're they're showing like blisters on um, on both of the Mercedes drivers, and the weird thing is, so you're mentioning like you know the the left front tire failures from from last week, and this week it was both right side tires for the Mercedes that were blistering up really badly, and they were blistering really quickly too. Even their hard tires were getting blisters on them within like you know five or six laps.
1: You know, all during the race when I saw that, I was really surprised that well, why would the because as we mentioned before some of the fastest corners at Silverstone are all right-handers, which would put a lot of load on yeah. the left side tire. Why would it be uh, weighing on the, you know, why would the right be so, showing so much degradation? And the yeah. only thing that I can think of is that they're using that DAS system and with, especially when they're using tires that aren't really, um, you know, suited for, you know, that are wearing at this kind of rate. um you know, the DAS system, which is designed to kind of help keep heat in the tires, is just stressing the tires that much more than all the other teams. Um, yeah, just
0: that, just that movement.
1: Right. And I think uh, there's something about Mercedes um, that, because if you notice, Mercedes was the only team that had uh, both tires fail last week, and we saw mm-hmm. the most amount of degradation on the tires this week. Uh, from Mercedes as a team not necessarily one driver or the other but it was just an issue Mm -hmm. with the chassis and I think that it would to me it makes a lot of sense that Mercedes has really figured out how to get the most you know out of the tires to just make the tires do all the work for them so that all those you know all the forces are on the tires and they're being used to their fullest capacity but when you run into a situation like this where the uh the tires just aren't quite up to the task of uh, lasting for a long time that Mercedes'll chew through them a lot quicker than any other team so it was uh it was pretty wild to see that they were uh you know having issues this quickly, but it ended up being um you know I, I think this and we can touch on this more again later when we get to our overall race results is that this ended up producing a race of more strategy than uh, just head-to-head racing
0: yeah and and, and the, the way the strategies were playing out was actually so you know what was it that you mentioned last week is like there's there's two things that can make a race really exciting either absolute chaos or or varying strategies. And this was the week that we had the varying strategies going throughout because, you know, as I mentioned, the uh, Verstappen being able to start on the hard tire uh, gave him a very big strategic advantage at the um, the beginning of the race because he was able to go a lot longer. And on top of the fact that, you know, while he was on the hard tire, that first stint, he, he kept saying, my tires look great. They feel great. They're performing great. And a lot of it has to do with the fact um, that I don't think uh, um, the the, the Red Bull has as much downforce as, let's say, the Mercedes. And in this particular case, it actually worked to their advantage because they were able to ride both compounds that they used a lot longer than Mercedes did. True.
1: Um, in fact, I think as soon as they got that sense that the, uh, the mediums were going away quickly and Verstappen felt really comfortable on the hard tires, uh, they had Albin pit immediately for, uh, for hard tires. I think it was like lap seven or something, you know, just,
0: uh, let me look, um, yeah, this particular view that I have doesn't tell me what lap they stopped on, unfortunately. But yeah, no, I think yeah, I think you're right. I think it was pretty. He was the first one to come in.
1: Yeah, it was a little strange to see that be the case, um, but it ended up working out for them. I mean, Alvin came in yeah. fifth place, so really not bad. Um,
0: yeah, because because he, he he started working his way up through the grid pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, and you know, Alvin decided to pit, uh, and then Gasly and uh, George Russell. Did the same. Um, and then, you know, before you knew it, everyone was jumping over to the hard tires. Um, right. What I thought was kind of strange um, was uh, BOTAS ended up getting uh, pitting for new tires, but they left Hamilton out for quite mm-hmm. a while, actually. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that they did that actually a, a couple times again throughout the race uh towards the end and it does make me wonder like if they had just been willing to pit hamilton you know to do like a two or three stop strategy even with hamilton that he would have the outright yeah. speed to you know carry this to you know, to keep that speed up uh till the end of the race and potentially go back for a win because um after that last pit stop he did he was mm-hmm. Really, really quick, um, he overtook Botas, and he was chasing down Verstappen, too. So right, I'm not sure. It, it looked interesting. that I think that they were talking at one point about trying to go, like, the last 20, 30 laps on tires that already looked like they were falling apart. And, yeah, you know, it, it would have been a slower pace, but, you know, could he eke it out to the end and not have a tire failure? And I think in retrospect, it just – they should have just brought him in, put on a you know a fresh set of tires, and uh, let Hamilton do what he does. Um,
0: yeah, he he would have. He, uh, um, I think that the graphic was um, he would have. So they, they were um, mentioning that the hard tires were you know rated to go about thirty laps, and he would have had to gone thirty seven laps if he was to pull off that one stop. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, thirty seven laps. On tires that were already at chunks coming out of them. Like, <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, what it would, that it would have been last week make. all over yeah. again
0: if they tried that.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it was mainly a strategy race. There wasn't a ton of uh, kind of wheel to wheel fighting. Um, yeah. Unless you look at uh, Albin's race. Um, right. There was. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think who, uh, oh yeah, where where uh, Albin was fighting his way back and he was trying to get around Raikkonen, where he, he did like two or three corners alongside Raikkonen. Raikkonen gave him no space and Albin's basically driving on the curbs the entire way around the track and uh, eventually wrestles the place away from Raikkonen, but... Um,
0: I was actually surprised they didn't make him give that back because, to me, at least... They they didn't show any replays of it, uh, unfortunately. But to me, it looked like uh, uh, Albon actually had uh, all four tires off the track.
1: You know, it's possible he did, um, but at no point through that did it look like he was taking an easier route um that's you know, very for true for example yeah. with uh, verstappen passing in again funny enough uh you know at the usgp a couple years ago um you know yeah. where they came up with the term the verstoppers um you know <laughs> yeah. he, he was on the inside of the track and effectively making right. the course shorter than it needed to be um yeah i mean albin being out there on the curbs that are bumpy, that you know they caught out Sebastian Vettel. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the changing uh, from the the track asphalt to the painted line to the curbs to the the off track asphalt. Um, I, I think there might have even been some grass in there, painted asphalt, and you know, just to keep the car on the straight and level, especially when he's going wheel to wheel with Raikkonen. it um, yeah. was amazing to see that. So.
0: And and it, his move on Gasly too. I think I uh, I wrote down Gasly dared Albon to hang on. Yeah. Um, when, uh, the way Albon went around the outside, I think I think I think Albon did almost every single overtake um, on the outside. Like it, literally everybody went and covered off the inside, and Albon just hung on around the outside of. Um, it was usually. Um, the turn coming off the, uh, the Wellington straight, I can't, I can't remember the name of it. It was, it
1: was turn one of, uh, of the old circuit, correct? The old circuit, I mean the nineties circuit that I grew up. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, and I mean, that's one of those corners that I'm, that I'm talking about. That's just like really, really, really high speed. And you got to have a lot of confidence in the chassis to, uh, to carry that speed through there. And, you know, as we know, Red Bull—they just build a really solid chassis. Um, may not yeah. have the most power, may not have the most downforce of anyone on the team, but it's just a chassis that's really—I uh, imagine anyway—very intuitive and easy to drive. That uh, gives you a lot of confidence in uh, corners like that. Right, so, right. That—that that was pretty cool to see, uh, Albin really shining there. Um, I think. Uh, And then, uh, actually, I I just got to mention, just because occasionally, I think that when you do, like what we're doing, where you're just having a conversation and you're not necessarily... uh, I don't want to say prepared, but like it's not scripted or anything. And you come up with these weird quotes right. that Crofty and, uh, and I, actually I think this time it was Brundle, but you just come up with some, you know, like the lick the stamp and send it, but the post office wasn't open.
0: You know, that, that was <laughs> yeah. a
1: good one from last time. Um, I think this time Brundle was talking about the uh, the set of hard tires and how... They were really working well for Verstappen, and he said, "Quote, hug them like your favorite granny."
0: That wasn't that was incredible. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess they're they're weird things to say, and they're probably you know I, I don't know if he would be embarrassed uh, that we're you know taking something that he said like that out of context, but it, it's just funny, and it, it's what makes F one fun to watch. I think.
0: And and that's the cool thing about about watching that that Sky F1 feed is is the fact that, you know, you if you're ju- if you're somebody that's new to Formula One, it's it's creating you know it's a funny it's a it's a funny joke to us, but it really kind of drives the point home in a really in a really good way. So for somebody that's new, it's a really good analogy.
1: Right, um, I think just in because uh, i've i've been watching formula one regularly since maybe 2012 and yeah. i think it's amazing just e- even in that span of time just the lengths that they've gone through to make it easy to watch and understand what's going on um if you go back and you watch uh races from the 70s or 80s y- you know you, you can barely tell what's happening Right. It's very confusing to try and keep up with everything. But with the races how they are now, you know, it's a lot easier. To well, follow. and you also
0: mentioned, you know, when we were talking about the 2011 um Canadian Grand Prix too, like the graphics even you barely knew what was going on cuz you know they're showing along the bottom of the screen but you're only able to see like 5 to 6 drivers at a time right. so it was really hard to keep track of the action now having it on the left side where with the exception of when they're showing different other graphics of individual drivers you can basically see the entire field and what they're doing
1: right um if and and that I think is kind of the point is that rather than see you know, sit there and watch the scroll to figure out where the driver you want to see is. You know the driver you want to see. You know where to look for it. It's right there on the left-hand side of the screen, and you can tell exactly what's going on with that driver at any given yeah. point. Um, so it, it's always right. it, it's great how they lay everything out, and I you know I do appreciate that how they do it nowadays. Um, e- even with uh, you know penalties or fastest laps, it's all very easy and intuitive to understand. Um, So, is, um, and actually, I I did take down, uh, another, uh, quote from, uh, Martin Brundle, uh, again, relating to tires, uh, where, uh, Ricardo was fighting for a spot and ended up, uh, losing the car and doing a little loop of it. Um, he said, uh, ambition ahead of adhesion. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty good, uh, (laughs) um, anytime you spin the car. So, um, and I yeah, actually, so my
0: wife and I were watching the race, and she goes, I, I know you I know you both used to drive for Red Bull, but you don't have to do uh, um, a, a, an impression of Vettel. Come on.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there were a lot of good uh, quotes in this race. Actually, uh, Max's radio was pretty fantastic where, yeah. um, you know, they, they just told him, they were like, if your tires feel good, we got plenty of you know of room here send it you know right which you know maybe someone else can correct me but as far as i'm aware that term sending it you know that came from what appeared to be a uh, a very intoxicated uh canadian gentleman who would just run snowmobiles you Know off of jumps into <laughs> stuff over lakes, and 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 now he's being referenced by uh the pinnacle of motorsport, Formula One. So, right, you know, good on that guy for uh, you know, we all do a little something to change the world, and right, that's, right? That's his contribution, um, <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, so there was that, and then uh, Vettel reminding his team to uh, to Drink to hy- hydrate.
0: Oh, you, uh, you Verstappen, uh, use you mean? Hand
1: sanitizer. <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> you said you said Vettel. That that was uh, Verstappen that said that. Oh, Ver, that. Verstappen. Yeah.
1: Excuse me. Excuse <laughs> me.
0: <laughs> that was that was well. That was in reference to last week too, because you know he was hanging out in third place. You know with. All sorts of space in front of him because he was so far behind the Mercedes, and then all sorts of space behind him. So he was just basically driving around by himself. He was bored. So he was like, hey, guys, make sure you hydrate. Yeah. <laughs> so he was just calling back to last week. That was kind of funny.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, that'll be a regular thing this year just to make sure you hydrate. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, then, uh, but yeah, so. You know, really, w- once he got to that point, he was pretty much home free. Um, yeah. Hamilton put on another set of tires and uh, had a great charge through the field, um, you know, and eventually overtook Botas, um, but uh, was just a little bit out of reach for, uh, for Stappen. So,
0: yeah, when, he, when, he, when, he, when uh, Hamilton got by Leclerc, Leclerc made a move. I think probably just to make it look like he was at least trying to defend. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Knowing that he really couldn't do much defending with him, but he was still going to at least show that he was putting up an effort. So yeah. good on him for that. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm, I'm not sure what the, uh, the, the the best way you know to be a professional race car driver. Um, I, I know for myself, when I'm doing uh, online racing a lot of times if there's someone who's quicker than me i'm not going to make it any harder for him. like if they've got right. the speed to get by me you know what like, go for it i'd rather yeah. let give up a position than potentially get into uh an accident right um and, well, and uh, Leclerc,
0: clarity you know the, the funny thing is is is, is uh my, my wife looked at me and was like well didn't didn't leclerc just do exactly the same thing that grosjean did last week so the big difference is that Grosjean was moving twice, and he was also moving not only in the braking zone, which is a uh, no-no, but he was uh, um, moving in when the other car was alongside of him, and Leclerc was doing it at exactly the right time, right before the braking zone, and not only that, but he wasn't moving all the way over. He was still leaving an exact car's width.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, So he he
0: did it the right way
1: yeah it, it was hard fought for sure um but you know there was a respect there for sure yeah so um yeah but that, that was uh it was good to see and i was really excited to see uh verstappen win i was yeah. also very excited to see a not mercedes win
0: <laughs> that's exactly what i was just gonna uh, say.
1: <laughs> yeah i mean you know, credit where credits due. Mercedes is a very professional team who comes prepared to each race, has hired the right. best drivers and has the best chassis, and you know gets the most out of it every, yeah, you know, every race. And they so they deserve um, all those wins that they get. You know, they they haven't been handed anything as far as I'm aware. But right. to see and and the thing red- about
0: them too is that they they don't take their success for granted. Exactly. You listen to anybody on that team, and this, thing, this is not just the drivers, this is all the way on down to Total Wolf. And every year they say, our champion, you know, us winning a championship is not guaranteed. Right. And that, that is exactly the right attitude to have.
1: Yeah, I think, um, well, I, I don't know if it's right or not to point fingers, but, um, you know, there, there's some other teams that, you know, they've been there. And they kind of expect to show up and win. I feel like, yeah, um, you know, once you're in this team, you're expected to win, and right. things don't end up well if you don't. Um, and uh, I think just expecting things to happen just because you know you, you get that, you know, that color car, um, mm-hmm. it, it takes a lot more work than than just expecting it to happen just because. Well, you know, we've been around since you know, the fifties and sixties and stuff. So,
0: yeah, but that's the thing about Ferrari is they, they had so much success in the early two thousands. And that's one of those things where success can be a bad thing. And they started expecting that same level of success all the time. Uh, Um, and when they don't have that, instead of building on what they do have, they, uh, seem to kind of scrap it and start over. So, uh, um, and that's that's how you, you know, they, they, they were the most successful team of the early 2000s, having, you know, five in a row from Schumacher and then a, hand, you know, a couple of years later getting a championship from Raikkonen and then nothing.
1: Yeah. Um, and f- forgive me if uh, I don't remember exactly what the case was. Was it 2007 or 2008 where the, uh, the Spygate controversy happened where McLaren basically got like, just it, completely it was I think ransack. it was like
0: 2008
1: yeah yeah where where Ferrari were I think it was still Lewis Hamilton or, or for sure a McLaren driver that won the drivers championship but the manufacturers championship went to Ferrari because yeah. McLaren was excluded and forced to pay millions to Ferrari
0: right right <laughs>
1: which. You know, yeah. Even it back happened at that. in
0: 2007, and the fallout happened in 2008. I think.
1: Right. Okay. Um, yeah,
0: because uh, uh, that's the reason why McLaren didn't re-sign Fernando Alonso.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of uh, toxic personalities. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Again, that that was. Uh, yeah. Ferrari may have won the manufacturers' championship then, and I think that you know once you have that statistic. Uh, you know, the history—that—that's all people really know from the history books. But once you understand how they won that championship, um, I don't think that they were going to do it purely on on outright speed. You know, right. that that, was that, is, right. that championship was won in a court case, and hopefully, yeah. uh, that's not going to be the case for uh, you know Ferrari again uh, this year with the engines with uh, Racing Point, Renault. Yeah you know, whatever ends up happening, you know, we want to see it happen on the track. Um, again, whether it is chaos or strategy.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So speaking of on-track action and things like that, so Chris, uh, what what would you give this race um, out of five stars?
1: Um, I think, again, uh, there's a lot of people who are going to be kind of disappointed in this race because there wasn't that much uh, head-to-head action and that it, did come down just to strategy. Um, but if you're someone who likes strategy, this was a great race to watch. It was really cool to see how the teams um, you know, played their hand, um, which... Which uh, chassis were better suited to the conditions and the tires? Because um, mm-hmm. again, that, that's something special about Formula One that you don't see in many other racing series anymore. Uh, just because each team does build and design their own chassis, so right, it's you know if it if you're doing a race that's outside the parameters of your design, unfortunately, it's going to suffer and lead the way for somebody else. So. Mm-hmm. I would give this race, uh, I'd say a three and a half, just because it was inher- It was a good race, but for anyone who's really looking for some head-to-head battles or some craziness, it was, it, it was, uh, it it just wasn't really there this week.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I I, I agree with that, and I, I would probably give it the same three and a half um, for basically all the same reasons. Like this for 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 seasoned F1 fans, for people that know what to expect from Formula One. Um, it's, it was, it was a very exciting race. So for me, I was on the edge of my seat, most of the race. And I was, I was kind of almost expecting chaos. I was expecting some teams to overestimate the tire, but then, you know, remembering what happened last week, uh, uh, you know, most of the teams seemed to be a bit more cautious, which created, you know, you know, pit stops at different times and stuff like that. Um, and it, it, it it created a strategy battle that made this race more fun to watch from start to finish. True. So even though yeah. even though you know we 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 rated it the same this week as last week because I think we both gave last week three and a half uh, um, because of the last handful of laps of the race uh, um, and I, th- I I don't remember I know I think I rated you know r- laps one to forty eight. Um, you know, 1.5 um, because yeah. there was not only not a lot of, you know, barely any on-track action, but not even any strategy action. And right. this time, you know, it was a consistent excitement. Well, it wasn't, you know, 100% excitement. It was still a consistent, you know, leaning at the edge of your seat, looking at the live timing, you know, finding out who's pitting, seeing how many people. I mean, there, there were, uh, um, I think everybody except for, there was one car, that didn't, that did a one stop. I think it was Albon that, that did a one stop.
1: I th- actually, I think it was Leclerc.
0: No, no, you're right. Yeah, it was the player yeah. that did a one stop. Uh, yeah, yeah, Albon
1: stopped at least twice, I think. Um, and I yeah. know some of the And that's how, how Leclerc, Leclerc really got up to fourth well. place. Yeah.
0: But yeah, yeah, the, the, the fact that only one car was able to pull off a one stop is what made the strategy more exciting.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, it would be one that I would want to go back and watch and just see who's making the right choices, who's not. Um, right. There's a lot going on there. So, again, I yeah. would say it was a 3.5, a solid 3.5 yeah. race. Um, yeah,
0: and, 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 and what also helps uh, uh, get that rating up a little bit higher is the fact that not a Mercedes won. <laughs> exactly.
1: That, that, right. Is, is what, you know, that, that variation is uh, always really helpful. To, to, right. again, you know, each team designs their own cars and to know that there's more than one way to build a race car, um, exactly. that it's not, you either do it the Mercedes way or copy a Mercedes and <laughs> yeah. that'll just instantly get results. Um, just to see that there's other approaches, you know, I like seeing that.
0: Right, right. All right. Well, that that concludes our episode of F1 Reviews. For Chris Costas, I am Doug Austin, signing off.